Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast, Season 5. Hey, I hope you are well. I took a few weeks away from the podcast to reflect around all the topics for this upcoming year, and I spent time in many places the last month and had some amazing and eye-opening life experiences. Lots of stories ahead. From old cities to ancient mountaintops, I learned a lot, read a lot, met amazing people, and experienced things that I've never imagined, all with my family or friends by my side. So, thank you for your patience. This last week, I was thinking a lot about how we launched the school year and, most importantly, remembering how we talked about it last year. Last year, we focused on kids and the idea that you start out the school year like the Olympic opening ceremonies. And I hope that you will once again focus on how you start the year with students. But this year, I want to discuss how to start the year for adults. And it comes from a statistic I learned this summer at my Smart Thinking Retreat when Dr. Tim Hodges presented to us on employee experiences and all the new Gallup data. The focus of his conversation with us was on employee experience, and he shared some data that really hit me, so much so that for weeks, every time I had a clear mind, the statistic would pop into my head. I'd be out running, and I'd have it on my mind. Then I was out bicycling. Or I'd be reading something and my mind would wander. There it was again. And then, while sitting in my car with Grace, my daughter, as rain was falling from the Colorado sky, it hit me. And then I realized what it is we need to do. Story in a moment. So what was that statistic? Well, it was the percentage of respondents who, when asked, do you feel burned out at work, indicated always or very often. Now, before we get deep into this topic and explore what to do about it, let's review a few things as we start off season five. Number one is the definition of a leader. We are all leaders every moment of every day because a leader is anyone with influence over others and our influence creates the conditions for the success of all of those around us as well as ourselves. We are leaders who teach, leaders who are facility managers, leaders who are doctors, leaders who work in healthcare, leaders who are lawyers, leaders who are nurses. We're leaders and then we're professionals. The key is that we are all leaders who have other roles, but leading is our primary function and we do that with being purposeful about our actions by running into the problems that we are facing and facing them with optimism, perseverance, and tenacity like the buffalo. In order to develop a herd or culture of people like this, we need to constantly create the conditions so that others have the opportunity to be included, understand their purpose beyond the work, and most importantly, be engaged while feeling they are in control. As a result, when you ask people if they are feeling burned out, you have to understand what burned out actually means. Now, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling of negativism or cynicism related to that job, and the final one, reduced professional efficacy. Professionally, this means very simply, I can't find the energy, I can't rally my mindset, and I never seem to be able to accomplish anything. Which is why this school year, we need to start out with a plan to address when these natural things occur. One of my favorite authors is Angela Duckworth, and in her book, Grit, she discusses that leaders can create gritty cultures by hiring perseverant people, but 
They don't stay that way. Because more importantly, once they are hired, you need to support their ability to be tenacious as the work gets harder with strong mentors and, more importantly, professional development. So how do we start that this year as we begin the school year? Well, now is time for that little story that sparked this line of thinking. A few weeks ago, my daughter Grace and I drove from Wisconsin to Colorado because nobody else could go and we needed to get camping in in the mountains. So we stayed there for a week. Now, long-time listeners of the podcast know that Grace and Charlie and I love to get up into elevation into the mountains and hike. We did hike in, in Quebec in their national park and their mountains as a family together this summer just outside Quebec City. But that story's coming in a few episodes. Grace and I were in the Rocky Mountain National Park and in many of the outdoor shops in Estes Park, which is just to the east, they sell trail patches. And Grace and I were like, yeah, let's see how many of these we can get before the end of the week. So each day we thought we'll do as many trails as we can so we get a bunch of these cool little patches. We were doing two or three trails each day and loving it. We'd wake up, get in the car, hit a trail, drive to another trail, have lunch, drive to another trail, come back to the campsite. We met some amazing people on the journey. We met the archaeologist for the national parks, who I'm going to try to get on the podcast. We met an 88-year-old retired attorney, six-foot-two skinny man who was climbing a beast of a mountain, and we met him as we were descending that mountain. And he served for me as an inspirational beacon because I couldn't believe that he was still out there hiking. But it was the rain day that created this moment of realization and how we need to start out the year or any project with strong processes for the staff. Grace and I awoke from a huge thunderstorm overnight and we emerged from our tent. I boiled up some water, made some tea, and I went for my little warm-up hike that I do each morning for a mile or two just to loosen up the old bones. And Grace slept. When I returned, there was Grace, shaving her legs at the picnic table with my water for tea and we discussed what we wanted to do. We chose our trails for the day, laid out our gear so that it would be dry when we returned, and put out our solar chargers in the sun, and we drove to our trail for the day. We had to decide which of the two trails to do, and we decided one with elevation and one that was a loop around a mountain lake. After our morning had concluded and we enjoyed the warm, dry, mountainous air, we looked to the west, and it was evident that another storm was coming. Now, when you're a night ski and a storm is coming and you're traveling, what do you do? Well, you go to a coffee shop and you wait it out. So we had no cellular service in the park or our campsite, which was wonderful. So when we hit the coffee shop and I opened up my weather app, it was evident that it was going to rain for hours. Grace sat there and caught up on her Instagrams and snaps as well as fell into that TikTok vortex that kids tend to do. But I went for a walk. After about two hours, I came back and said to Grace, hey, let's go hiking. It was still raining and rumbling, but I looked at the radar and I figured out maybe if we drive about 20 minutes south, we could find some blue skies. As we zipped through the mountains in our little GTI, we came to our next location, a loop. As we entered the parking lot, we had hopes of dryness and another hike before heading back to the campground for dinner over the fire. But oh, the rain was not dissipating. Instead, it was now just coming straight down as if the clouds had stopped for a break to rehydrate the little lake. We knew the conditions were not great because there was only one car in the lot, and that is when Grace demonstrated everything that I love about her. I was sitting there with a narrative in my mind that, oh, this really stinks, and she's probably not going to want to do this, and I really wanted to go out there, but there's no way she's going to go because she's just not going to want to be wet because we will have to return to a wet campsite with all of our gear outside and wet 
There's no electricity and no heat there. Nope. Grace looked at me and said, okay, here's what we'll do. No packs, just rain gear and hats, and that way we can go further, enjoy the hike, and be lighter. On the last episode entitled What Ifs, I spoke about how I pack for the outdoor life with every possible contingency. And as a result, so do my kids. And now that they're young adults, well, they know what's in their packs. Because we had beach towels in the car, extra socks, Birkenstocks in case our gear got wet so we could throw on sandals. And we had rain gear and hats. Now, here's the part that reminded me of our purpose. While I was feeling a little less energetic, feeling a little cynical, and feeling that we wouldn't be able to accomplish anything with my energy, well, I had a little energy partner that was sitting right next to me who was like, hey, we have what we need, so let's go. So we got out of the car, put on our rain gear, and hit the trail, hoods up and walked. It was the best moment of our entire trip. There we were, walking in the rain, hearing it gently strike the lake, watching baby ducks chase around and dance between the raindrops on the little lake and industrious little beavers swimming around. We had the entire park to ourselves, and we found ourselves after a few miles standing still, looking at the greenness of the mountain, the reflections of the mountains on the drop-covered mirrored lake, and just breathing in mountain air sweet with pine, thick with rain, and cool. Grace turned to me and said, I could stand here forever. The moment was insane. I'll put a picture on the Smart Thinking Facebook page for you to see exactly what we were standing there watching because it might have been the single most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Then I was reminded of this song and we played it over and over and over. I'm being followed by the rain clouds My clothes are soaking up the pain that keeps pouring down more and I may drown I'm being followed by the night sky It stole away my sight It seems I have lost my way We were just standing there and appreciating the little risk we took from my little energy partner. And by using the right gear and charging into what would be for most an ugly situation, well, we chose happiness. Because as the song says, fear is a choice. And we didn't fear it. I share this moment with you because I think this is what we need to do for those we serve next to in love. I think we need to focus the start of the year by preparing for, or any project by preparing for these types of moments, creating partnerships with the staff, gearing up for unforeseen challenges, and creating the conditions that we can find the beauty in every situation. I don't mind rain. I don't mind being wet. I don't mind my day being unpredictable. But you know what? When American educators were asked if they were feeling burned out, I found out that I'm in a slim little majority of people. You see, the Gallup poll asked, do you feel burned out at work? If you were to guess which profession, after navigating a pandemic for nearly three years, which profession, which profession would you believe was the most burned out? Well, I immediately guessed healthcare. For sure, right? 33% of healthcare professionals said they were currently burned out always or with great frequency. That is one in three healthcare providers. But that wasn't it. They weren't the largest group. Then I looked at the second most burned out profession in the United States. It's college and university employees. I thought, really? They were at 35%. Same deal. Just over one in three. Which profession has nearly two in five people indicating that they feel burned out always or often? 
What profession was at 44%? 9% tile points higher than the next highest. It was K-12 educators. 44%, two-fifths of K-12 educators when surveyed indicated that they have chronic workplace stress that was not successfully managed, characterized by feeling energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from their job, their classroom, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to their job, and having no feeling of being able to accomplish work. There is a little nugget here. And that is what I kept thinking about. And as I was standing in the rain with Grace and listening to Rain Clouds by Arcadian Fire, I just kept thinking about what Grace had done. Listen again to what the definition is. Chronic workplace stress that has not been managed. What word strikes you? Now think back to what Grace did in the car. Dad, we have the gear. Let's go. She managed. The key word is manage. Chronic workplace stress is always going to be there. But chronic workplace stress that has not been managed? Well, that's the problem. And whenever there is a problem, we need a process. And the problem here is that 44% of K-12 employees are not getting enough support to manage the new stresses of our work. Heck, it's the problem with all workplaces, just a bunch more in K-12. I mean... Life is incredibly unpredictable in education right now. Parents have grown political and vocal with their criticism. Schools are the first line of response to everything, and there is a lot of stress. Schools are in the news every night. So manage the situation. Let's manage the stress. We can't stop it, but we can manage the support. We can manage the needs. And that is what kept running through my mind as I stood there with Grace staring at that mountain. I was so proud that in that moment, her instinct was, let's just manage the situation. Let's gear up. So let's create processes so that everyone's instinct is to look to manage the chronic stressors that occur in our daily lives. As you start your year or project, here are key considerations for you so that you can create the conditions to support the management of chronic stressors. Are you ready for the process? Because as a staff, we need to identify a few types of partners. And that's step one. Find people that act with the mindset and emotions to support your environment. If I would have had a car full of whining people about the rain, I would have just driven away. I would have missed a truly magical moment. But I didn't. I had Grace, who wanted to manage it, who wanted to go into the rain. Because I had a purpose partner. That's why we went to Colorado, to get into the mountains. And who cares if the conditions changed? So here's my suggestion for you. Have staff identify the following different types of partners. Are you ready? Partner number one, who is their purpose partner? Who can I depend upon on this team to energize me? Who on staff truly sees our purpose through stress, weird expectations of compliance, and can see the beauty through the rain? Who is someone you trust that sees the rain clouds and is energized by the opportunities that that wetness presents? Partner two, an energy partner. Who is the partner who can create support for my mindset? Who's an optimist that I can trust that'll lead me in the right direction when I'm getting sucked into the vortex of pity and negativity? A positive partner or for those long-term listeners, who's your buffalo? Now partner three, your grit partner. Who is the partner that has an inherent ability to help you persevere through difficult times and help you get results? Who can provide wisdom to support you when... You have no skills left to apply to get you where you need to go. Three partners. 
Have people identify who are those people in your life, in the office, in the school. Or maybe you'll hit the jackpot and have that partner all in one person. Why do we need to start the year identifying who our formal partners will be? Well, unlike other professions that are down the list of burned out, they work on shorter cycles. Educators, we work on 180-day cycles. And it is hard to maintain wild enthusiasm all of the time, which is why you, as a leader, need to advocate for these types of formal processes. As a leader, you need to promote these partnerships, provide time for them, and organize your time together so that people are with these partners. When you meet, have the people sit outside of their normed teams and get with their partners. Step one is to create the partnership so that those you serve alongside have intentionally predefined people that they can get support from. You must make it clear that it is not only strongly supported, but expected that people work together to work through the storms they are facing. The second thing to do is to have these partners work together to create predictability calendars. Yeah, a calendar that you write out very simply knowing what predictably will happen. Take the project or year and have them identify when the natural points of energy loss are, drained perseverance occurs, or difficult getting results will occur. Then have the partner set times to collaborate before the days that this will happen, before the weeks that it will happen, so that they can sit down and discuss, adopt practices, find resources, get training, and create the conditions so that they can, at the very least, throw in a rain jacket and go for a walk. You see, creating that calendar will pre-identify the points of need and the stressors so that we can manage what we know to be chronic. The third step is this. Identify the opportunities available or needed to increase capacity for everyone around the practices that support energy, mindset, and tenacity when we come upon resistance. We can no longer ignore that 44% of K-12 educators last year are identifying themselves burned out always or very often. That's nuts! We need to step into the storm. We need to create the opportunity for people to develop and grow. Here's why. A few years ago, I saw a trend before the pandemic. We held a professional development day for teachers on President's Day, and we offered 20 to 30 sectionals an hour for over 1,000 teachers in person. There were sectionals on reading, mathematics, technology, physical education, classroom management, special education, all the normal things you go to an educational conference for. However, when people pre-registered, they went to sectionals on mental health, inspiration, defining your purpose. It was a canary in the coal mine moment that we saw, but it was pre-pandemic. And we were talking foolishly about, wow, teachers need more tools to teach, to support learning. The data is very clear. If 44% are indicating they are always or very often feeling burned out, guess what that also means? There are a lot of others indicating that sometimes they feel burned out which means that the overwhelming majority of people in front of our kids, supporting our kids and designing and developing the practices to ensure they are successful, are struggling. So be a buffalo and take on this process as you start the year. Find the professional development, find the needs, find the partners, pre-identify what needs to be done. This is an oxygen mask moment, folks. When the mask falls, when the plane is in trouble, they always tell the adults to mask up first to ensure you can help others. Well, mask up, create partnerships by design, create a predictability calendar, and then develop people with the skills they need in order to run into their storms. So let's do some smart thinking.
Describe when what is happening in your world makes you feel burned out. List the processes you can employ to support your colleagues to proactively avoid burnout. And now, identify the date you're going to implement the processes we've discussed. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast, first episode of Season 5. Hey, as always, thank you for listening, and please rate and share this episode with others. Look for the tools this week in the TH3. We're going to drop in there a template for that predictability calendar, and you can also subscribe to that tool and find past issues at CISA6.org. Also, thank you to the Well Pennies for their amazing music and generosity. I love them. And there were two occasions in the mountains this year, one in Canada and one in Colorado, where we pulled up their music and just listened and loved it. Now, this school year or your next project will only be successful if you as a leader create the conditions to support each individual. It was heartbreaking when I saw that one-third of healthcare workers were burned out, but it stopped my heart when I saw 44% of those working in K-12 were identifying that they were burned out always or often. This upcoming season, I'm going to focus a lot on creating the conditions so that you can apply smart thinking tools and processes, share episodes to get more people thinking, and talking the same in order to create cultures where people want to charge through them and find the energy so they never burn out. Confluence is one of my favorite words, and I think that is the secret for you moving forward. Create it. I'm an incredibly grateful person by nature because I have a lot of great partners in my life that I can lean into to support me when I start feeling hot, when I'm burning hot, and maybe on the verge of burning out. I don't think I've ever burned out, but I've gotten close to it, and I know the feelings. Weirdly, however, I find myself looking for others to help me often. That is not the norm. The best, though, is when it is one of my children looking to me for their help. The other day, I was frankly exhausted from work, commitments, staying up late, and reading and researching and preparing for things. And then a very simple and highly motivating thing happened to me. One of my partners needed me. While I was getting ready to go to bed, I received a text. Do you have time tomorrow? I responded, sure. For what? The response was, will you train with me before you and I go to work? This simple exchange energized me. It was from my 20-year-old son, Charlie, who's prepping for his college soccer season. We have a passion for soccer. We both love fitness. We like to train. We like to work out. But we weren't finding a lot of time for each other, and he needed me. Now, what did that mean for him? What did it do for him or help me with? Well, he created purpose, optimism, and a sense of being needed while helping someone get better, better results for themselves. Hey, listen, here's the deal. Look for the ways others need you. Lean into others. Find partners to support you when you need it. And be purposeful this year as you begin the year. That will create a gritty herd of buffaloes that sees less burnout and more moments to stand in the rain and frankly, just see all the beauty all around them. I'm being followed by the rain clouds My clothes are soaking up the pain that keeps pouring down Too much more and I may drown I'm being followed by the night sky Stole away my sight, it seems I have lost my way I need someone to be my guide 
listen to my voice Close your frightened eyes I'd be hiding my love for you Fear's only a choice One that we all must make someday So no, you're not alone in this Katie and Wild with their song Rain Clouds.